You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 16. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show is aimed to inspire you, up-level your mindset, and make you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin, inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter sent out on Thursdays, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Heart Food Podcast. I feel so relieved and awesome for sharing my story on last week's episode. Like I said in the episode, it was super tough for me to get over that hump to finally do it. And I've been wanting to share that story with you guys for years now. Obviously, everything I talked about happened a long time in the past. So it's been a while that it's been inside of me and weighing on me in a certain sense, not necessarily so much anymore, but, or definitely no like bad energy or anything from it, but it just felt good to tell everyone about it. Whoever's in the internet and whoever is listening to this show, I want you to know, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening and for giving me your feedback. And at the same time, I encourage you to tell your story as well, because you never know who you might help with what you go through. So last week I kind of recapped my past and my story, which there were certain parts in the episode that I definitely want to go deeper in. At some point, I'm going to be doing an episode all about eating disorders. I'm having my friend who is an eating disorder therapist come on the show in the next month or two and we will be talking about them. I also want to talk about relationships and love and what that has to do with food, because that was a big one for me. And I didn't mention this in the episode because it's just such a normal part of my life. But right now I'm, I'm in an amazing relationship. Um, just the best that I could have ever, better than I could have ever imagined. And that is because I, I'm, completely honest about the fact, and I completely attribute it to me growing and really not settling anymore. And the perfect person came into my life, um, three and a half years ago, and we've both been through a lot of stuff and it just feels so good to come together at a point in our lives when we've both been through a bunch of shit and just really love each other and and really come to our relationship in a place where we don't want to repeat what we have done in the past. So it just feels very clean and clear and 
just really good. And I really want to talk about relationships in another episode and what they have to do with food and even our bodies, because obviously we use our bodies in relationships. So that's a whole other topic. We'll be going into that as well. And like I said, I outlined my story in the past episode. I want this episode to be the lessons learned. So what are the specific things that I learned from having uh, my eating disorders and from going through body image struggles and worth struggles and self-esteem stuff? I think those are things that we all go through to a different extent possibly, but there's definitely lessons because I believe that if we go through stuff, which all of us do go through something in our lives, we can either use it as fuel for a mission and allow it to catapult us to be a different person. And that's definitely what it did for me. Or we can allow the story to tell us down. We, I mean, to tear us down because we become defined by it. We can't, we don't feel that we can rise above it. And that is a self-inflicted choice. So I just want you to know that if you're going through something, you always have the choice of what you can do with your struggle and what better way to, you know, help people than to tell your story. That's just going to create a ripple effect in the world. So I want this episode to focus on the focus, focus on the lessons that I learned. And by the time this episode airs, we are in day two of food freedom school, which is my free seven day course and live training all about how to break free from food and body obsession and binging and all of that stuff that we go through when we struggle with food. You will still be able to join at this point. I will put the link in the show notes for you to join. I would love to have you. And that's going to be going until February 4th. Begins on January 29th. This is going to come out on the 30th. So let's talk about the lessons that I learned from what I went through. I hinted at it and I didn't actually say it, not because I was ashamed. It's just that I don't know why I said it didn't flat out just come out with and say that obviously I had a bulimia, but I also went through orthorexia five or six years ago when that was when I was really strict on doing paleo and not eating any carbs or anything. And I remember going on vacation in Colombia with one of my best friends, Carla, uh, four or five years ago. And I think it was five years ago. And we talked about this in our episode because she was on the podcast with our other best friend, Michelle. And she actually noticed what I was going through and confronted, not not in a bad way, but she came to me afterwards in a very non-aggressive way and was like, I'm concerned about you. And I think that this is what you have. I didn't even know that that was a thing or whatever, but I definitely went through about a year of really bad orthorexia where I would stay home. I wouldn't want to eat anything anywhere. And I want to do a whole episode about orthorexia and ways that we can prevent it and ways that we can learn to have a more sustainable relationship with food that doesn't have to be perfection and have our food choices come from a place of amazing intentions for ourselves. So The first thing I want to talk about is that I mentioned in the episode that I didn't tell anybody about my bulimia um, until I was much 
older than the times that I was going through it. So, and I was scared to, I didn't think that it was even an option or a possibility to me and, or for me. And I had even told my parents kind of like a cry for help when my bulimia came back in my early twenties and being from a Latin culture it, that's not something that's ever talked about or accepted. Mental health things are not taken that seriously in Latin culture. So when I told my parents, my parents was like, were like, yeah, but you are a good student and you do all of this other stuff. Like nothing is wrong with you. And that was tough for me to hear um, because then I was like, wait, then nothing is wrong with me. And that kind of didn't allow me to process it fully. Um, and you know, nothing bad to my parents or anything, but they just didn't know. And they, um, you know, this is not something that's usually talked about. So I had to find my own healing by going to therapy, by really, uh, diving deep into my own self-help work and doing my own practices. I really healed myself from, my struggles that I went through and through some therapy and with the support of friends and, you know, people that could totally understand. But I want you to know the first lesson is that you are worth speaking up for. So I didn't believe that I was worthy back then to say, yes, this is an actual thing that is a problem. This is an actual, like real issue that could be deadly and I need to do something about it. You are worthy of speaking up when something is wrong. And it could be anything. You are worthy of saying what you need and what you want. And the next lesson is that you can tell your truth. I always thought that people would think I was a weirdo or whatever if I came out with my struggles because I am a recovering perfectionist and I always in the past like to seem like everything was just okay and that nothing was wrong with me and everything's just perfect. And that is not the case at all. So I want you to know that everybody goes through shit. Everybody has something that they go through and everyone has something that was traumatic. They have something that they go to when stuff gets hard. Everyone has their stuff. So I don't want you to think that anybody is perfect and because you might be going through something that you are different or less than, you can tell your truth. And when you do, you will realize that you are touching so many people out there. And I want you to know that. And I want you to get the strength when you feel ready to say, even if it's just to one person, you know, even if it's just to one person that you can impact their life, then I think that that's enough. But imagine a struggle just sitting inside of you. And that's what happened to me. I didn't feel like I could tell anybody because I didn't want to seem like I wasn't perfect. And I want you to know that you can still be you know, somebody who can do things in life, even if you've gone through a struggle, use it as fuel, like I said before. And you can tell your truth to, if some, if you tell your truth to somebody and they can't take it and they don't want to hold space for you or they don't want to accept you anymore, or they think poorly of you, that person is not worth being in your life. That's a really hard thing to say, but it's just the truth. 
wow, I sounded pretty brutal there, didn't I? But it's true. Like if somebody doesn't want to, um, listen and be curious about what you've been through, that person just isn't for you. And that is okay. Somebody by doing that, you will open up the space to have somebody who is actually worth being in your life. The next is that you can say no. So many times with food and with people and outings and things that you don't want to do, I never said no before. It was just like, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, okay. Like I didn't even believe that I had my own brain to say what I wanted to do. And it isn't until these past like five or six years that I realized that. So you can say no, you should say no. If you have a mission in life, you will have to say no many times. It's actually more important to the things, you know, the things that you say no to are actually more important than the things that you say yes to, because that creates focus. And you'll find that if you put yourself first and that if you are super discerning about what you decide to do, then you're going to feel so much better and you're going to be prepared and have energy to live your life the way that you want to. And I'm also not into people who get down on you for saying no or try to convince you otherwise. Like, Stand firm in your decision. You can say no and you can say that you want something different. Another thing, the next lesson is number one, two, Okay. Number four is that you can argue and set boundaries with those that love you. I got, I talked about in my second episode with my mom that I set a boundary with her to never talk to me about my body again. And that was super hard for me to do. It just like came out of me one day. I didn't even consciously think it, but I just told her that she was not allowed to ever speak to me about my body again. And you know what? She never did. And that really facilitated true healing for me. I knew that the healing that I did with my relationship with food had to be separate um, from my mom because we went through so many struggles before. And I knew that I could not rely um, on her being, you know, I couldn't rely on her telling me that I was okay. I had to tell myself that I was okay. And that's why we really can't even rely on anyone. This isn't about my mom. This is just in general that you can't rely on someone else for your okayness. You have to do your own healing. I mean, not like a professional or something. If you're working with a therapist or a practitioner or, you know, a functional medicine doctor or something, you can obviously take them along the journey with you, but if there's somebody in your life who you're relying on to just be okay, that's something that needs to really be looked at. The next one is that you decide what you deserve. Wow. So I was very, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of embarrassed to say that I had been in a relationship with a drug addict uh, with somebody who was extremely verbally abusive and mean to me, um, just because I'm so far removed from that today with the relationship that I have, nobody would recognize that in me now, but that's what I thought that I deserved. And that is what I attracted into my life because I just settled for crumbs. 
that's just what happened. I settled for the lowest of the low. And I thought that anybody that gave me any sort of attention was worthy. And that's just like what I should settle for. And that could not be further from the truth. I hear from so many women and I see so many women in relationships that are not up to par with who they are and with who they actually deserve. And although it might take more time and more difficulty and more patience to find the person that's right for you, it is so worth it. Before I met Derek, I was single for two solid years or even longer after pretty much, you know, from the time I started dating when I was like 19 until almost 30, I was just in back-to-back relationships the entire time, like literally the entire time, never having a break, but just jumping into relationships that were not right for me, putting myself in precarious situations and situations that... I should have never been a part of, but I was just roped into them because when you're young, it's like you're in love or you think you're in love and you think that that's all that you can get because somebody actually paid attention to you. And that is so not true. If you believe that you're a worthy person that deserves the best and has all of these qualities that you want in a partner then you need to wait for that for when it comes because it will come in time. You can't decide when it's going to happen, but if you put that intention out there, it will come in time and I am proof of that. Um, And I also want to reiterate that whatever energy you are, whatever you are putting out there is what you attract back to you. And... Also, you are not defined on your struggles. This is, or by your struggles, this is the next lesson. I could go along in life and just say, oh, I'm just this recovered bulimic and this orthorexic who had these terrible relationships and was a perfectionist, but that is not true either. Like we all go through stuff. And for the longest time, I thought that I was defined by those things. And I just thought that I was so weird because of them. And now talking about them openly is just the best thing that I could have ever done. And now I define myself by the aftermath of those struggles and what I have created from them. And kind of like the phoenix rising from the ashes. You just leave that stuff behind and you rise above it all and you can choose to do whatever you want with it. The next thing is that you deserve, I kind of talked about this before, but you deserve the relationship, job, and the life that you want. So many times in life, we just settle for something because it's there, because it's convenient when we know deep down inside that we could have something different. And I went through this obviously with my relationships, with the jobs that I've been through. Um, That's something that I am still and will always continue to work on to fight for the job that I want, for the life that I want. Like you guys know, I'm an entrepreneur. I do a bunch of different things, but I love doing and exploring different things um, because that allows me to grow as well. And I just don't like to stay stagnant. So as I grow, my business grows. And I want to encourage you that you can make even just a tiny change right now, even though it's so hard. I'm not telling you to go quit your job and just live this dreamy life um, because that's not really responsible. But you can take little tiny steps to get there 
in time. And this is like for a city you don't want to live in, for a life that you're having, like you don't have to settle for any of it. The next lesson is that growth is painful, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't grow. So this one's really interesting. And growth rarely comes from ease, even though that's what we want. Don't we just want comfort and to be snuggled in a blanket? I mean, that's what I want pretty much every day um, is to just feel comfortable. But then like, don't you kind of feel crappy after a while? I know some people are going to be like, hell no, I don't. But I know for me, I might tell myself like, oh, today's my day off. I'm just going to not do anything. I'm just going to watch the housewives and sit here on the couch and just eat whatever. But then I don't feel good afterwards. So I try to grow every day and try to do something tough, whether it's deciding that I'm going to go for a walk or deciding that I'm going to make a, a course for you guys. Like those are both hard and difficult, but it doesn't really matter the magnitude of how hard something is. But once you kind of get the ball rolling, once you are honest with yourself, you begin to grow and consciously put yourself in situations that make you grow. And then in that, it is also um, extremely beneficial to have some accountability in your life if you're really trying to make a change. I was actually having a... um, That was my phone vibrating, by the way. It kind of sounded like something else. Uh, I have it here because that's what I'm looking at my notes with. But um, I actually had an argument the other day with somebody who was telling me, you put yourself uh, in so many painful situations and like, I feel like you just look for them. And I was like, that's not even true at all. Um, But I do try to, I mean, just in general, I had a painful past, but I don't ever look for painful situations. That's like completely not what I'm about, but they were saying that like, I put myself in these situations that are difficult, you know, maybe with my work or with exercise or whatever. And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I do. Because how am I going to get better and grow? When I look back on my life, I want to look at each year as if I am a different person every time. Um, because each area or each phase of your life will require a different version of you. And I never want to stop growing. And some people don't want to grow and they want to stay comfortable. And that's fine too. It just, what matters is whatever is going to give you a fulfilling life. Another thing that is extremely, that was an extremely big lesson was that you have to be active in your life and not passive. So this kind of goes along with growth, but you can't, and this is if you want to grow and if you would like to be successful, you can't just wait for things to happen to you. You can't just wait for that job to come. You can't wait for like the partner. You have to, you know, show some sort of activity that you want it and that you're fighting for it. And then things will come to you. The way that I built my business was by fighting for it every day. Uh, It's always been successful, but I have to be active and um, just keep the wheels moving on it. So we can't expect things to just fall in our lap and happen to us. We have to work hard at believing in our dreams, at visualizing them, at feeling them in our bodies before they happen, and then taking the action that you need to in order to make your dreams come true. Not forceful, crazy action, but 
action, stuff that you're scared to do, and that will make a huge difference. Another thing that I've learned is that having a spiritual practice is integral for me to stay on course. And this is something that I want to talk about more. I have an extremely deep relationship with spirituality and I use it several times during my day. I mean, I pray, I meditate, I journal, I listen, I go in nature and I'm just like, wow. The reason that I'm spiritual is because in this world, in the material world, it would just be so boring to me if there wasn't something else that existed. I mean, material things are fun um, and, and everything, but only to a certain extent. Like how often can you feel fulfilled by a car or by money or a cool piece of equipment or whatever it is, a purse. Like it's just kind of boring to me. Everything that's like material, the stuff that really matters is invisible. Think about it. Like your emotions, laughing with somebody, telling somebody something, feeling love, Um, the fact that there's like this super expansive, crazy universe out there and space and all of that is just crazy. So me having this spiritual practice in my life, again, not religious, but just like having the faith to know that what I put out there comes back to me, that there's something larger out there that I can talk to and ask things to and rely on for support, that everything that happens to me can be rigged in my favor. It is just an elevated form of optimism. And that's what spirituality is to me. And at this point, I cannot live without it because, and I encourage you to get curious about it if you're into it. I know some people are just like, get that the hell away from me. And I totally respect that. Um, But you can start really small by reading and journaling and just kind of praying to something in your head or whatever it is. I will be doing episodes about spirituality, but that really helped me. And that was kind of the big catalyst in my life, um, along with Janine Roth's work to healing my relationship with food, because then I realized that there's something bigger out there and whatever I'm looking for with food isn't found in food, you know, like overeating and binging and all those behaviors what I'm looking for can be found inside of me and it exists in a plant and in an ant and (laughs) in a butterfly and in the sky or whatever. Knowing that just gives me a sense of peace and calm and that's what works for me. And I encourage you to get curious about it if you are into it. Another thing is that having a loving discipline is amazing and it's one of the best parts of my life is to be able to, you know, call on that discipline when I need to do stuff. Like I'm very disciplined with, with movement, not necessarily in killing myself with movement, but like in just getting up and moving with my eating, with working and being focused and just staying on task for a long time. I think that's really healthy. I wrote a post a while back 
actually not a while back, a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago, about how the body positive movement, I think at times can promote this, promote this lackadaisical attitude towards food and exercise. And, and, and to be honest with you, I know that because I got into it and I was like, well, I don't need to watch what I eat or move because that's what my body's telling me to do. But then I just felt like crap. So I just think that there's a midpoint in between there that we should all strive to be. And that includes having a loving discipline to know what you need to do to sometimes force yourself to do the things that you do, uh, to do the things that you do that you don't want to do in order to have a happy life. So cultivate that loving discipline in whatever way you know how, whatever way works for you. Also, another lesson is that you are worthy by being alive and you deserve your own unconditional love. I used to think that I needed to get a good grade or need to be a certain weight or needed to do this accomplishment or needed to have a certain amount of money or a car or whatever. You are worthy by being alive. That is your birthright and you deserve your unconditional love. So this is really important as we heal our bodies and our relationships with food, because that's such a big struggle. And oftentimes we say that we hate ourselves because we did this thing, but what would happen if you cared about yourself, no matter what? If you cared about yourself, if you gained 20 pounds, if you cared about yourself, if you just ate an entire thing of Oreos, like you probably wouldn't eat the Oreos as much, um, or eat them in a way that would make you feel horrible. So we have to remember to have that unconditional love at all times. And that in and of itself is so healing and can do wonders for our relationship with food and our bodies. The next thing is hurting yourself doesn't do anything. And I actively looked to hurt myself in many ways, whether it was with my relationships or with food or with um, restricting my food or whatever. I think often if we are used to that, if we're used to hurting ourselves, then it's a hard habit to break, but it's not productive. It's not good for you. It doesn't make you feel good. And... I'm just getting emotional thinking about it because hurting myself is not something I'm willing to do anymore. And if you're in the middle of hurting yourself, sometimes you need to go through that to know what you don't want to feel. I'm not saying to go hurt yourself, so do not take it that way. But if you have gone through something like that, sometimes we need to feel that in order to know how we don't want to feel so we can move forward in the way that we do. The next thing is that beauty is what you make it. And this is such a big thing for me because I honestly do feel so beautiful every single day. I mean, my boyfriend tells me every day that I'm beautiful, but it's not even about that. I would think I'm beautiful whether he told me or not. Um, And these past few years that I've been implementing these practices into my life, I just feel like my entire energy has changed And the way that I feel on the inside is totally different. And for so long, I felt like such an ugly and unworthy and just gross person. I mean, that sounds really harsh, but it's true. Like I didn't think I deserved anything. I thought I was the ugly duckling of the world. 
whatever way you want to say it, I just really thought that about myself. And even though I was really cute, um, you know, so it doesn't really matter how you look. It matters what you think of yourself, what you feel on the inside, and then automatically that beauty will be felt on the outside. And it is because I feel beautiful on the inside that I take care of myself, that I love myself enough to do the things I know make me feel good. And then as a result, they make you look good. So oftentimes we start with the looks hoping that it'll make us feel better on the inside, but it's actually heal the inside to by default, look better on the outside. That's a big one. And you are beautiful. If you are listening to this, another thing is that you're still you, even if you gain weight, if you guys listen to my story, you know, that I gained weight a shit ton of times over and over and over again, I gained weight. And it was always such a struggle for me when I did, because I was just like, really again, that like Oprah says, I did it again. It happened again. Really? Um, I just thought that automatically I was this shitty person because I gained weight now. And honestly, like a lot of people didn't even notice that I did at all. And that's because we think that we're like this other person if we gain weight and even if you lose weight. So it goes both ways. Um, we think that, that we're this other person side note, that's why you have to have the unconditional love. But you think that if you gain weight, you're this other person and you're still you, you still have all of those qualities that people love you for. You still have all of those amazing things that you make people feel. Those things are invisible. So don't think that just because you gained weight, you're a different person. You're still you, you still have all of your amazing magical qualities. And I want you to remember that The next thing is that you deserve nothing but the best for you. And you decide that you decide what you want. And then you need to know that you deserve it and that you can go out and get it. I always thought that I was like this lesser person that always deserved less than everybody else. The smallest slice of the pie, the metaphorical pie. And that just is bullshit. It's so not true. And I want you to know that You deserve everything that you want in life and you deserve to go out there and get it because you do have to act, um, you know, you do have to take action to get it. The next thing is that, and the last thing is that heal the way you need to and take as long as you need to heal. This is a big one. It took me a really long time to heal. And in our society of instant gratification, we think that we're just going to like heal in a second you know, that we're going to buy a program and then it's just going to heal us and fix us. And it doesn't really work like that. Unfortunately, with this type of work, it takes a long time because my goal with people that I work with and people that I speak to is I don't want you to need me forever. I want you to spend a certain amount of time with me. Usually it's at least three months or six months, um, to really make a beginning of real change because, Ultimately, you need to experiment with yourself and gather data from the way that you work so that you can be the person that you look to going forward. But at this point, you know, at the beginning, not a lot of the pe- not a lot of people might have the tools. So, I like to provide the tools. 
at the beginning and hold your hand at the beginning, but eventually I want you to be strong enough to not need me anymore when it comes to like food, relationship with food, nutrition. That's really how I work with my clients. I really educate them and empower them to know that not everybody is the same and you need to give yourself as much time as you need to heal to do the things that you need to do to heal by yourself if you need to, to not depend on anybody else for your healing. Again, if you have a professional in there, that's great. But I'm talking about like a loved one or a family member. I mean, if you want them for support, that's great. But I really think that healing needs to be an independent process that you take on your own in order for it to stick forever. And you heal the way that you need to. You do what you need to do to heal yourself to change and you take as long as you need to. Don't let anybody ever tell you that there's a certain amount of time or whatever. You are different than anybody else. Now, these are just the lessons that I am telling you today. I know there's so many more. These are the most important. And as you probably noticed, most of these lessons don't have to do exactly with eating disorders or relationship struggles. They are a commonality that exists among struggles. And these are the greatest lessons that I've learned so far. And I just want to thank you guys, if you're listening still, for tuning in and for listening to my story. It really does mean the world to me. Let me know if you still want to sign up for Food Freedom School. Uh, You still have time to sign up, find it in the show notes, and let me know what you guys think of this episode. Let me know your stories. Let me know what you've learned. I want to hear it all. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, please visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. If you like the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.